Join us for Craft Beer Professionals' Most Affordable In-Person Workshop, CBP Connects, presented by Arrive POS, this June 19th to 21st in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Twelve interactive sessions, three nightly receptions, and one opportunity to connect with craft beer professionals from across the country. Learn more at cbpconnects.com. That's cbpconnects.com. See you there. Cheers. Hey, everybody. I'm here live on site at Studley Brewing with Blake Edmonds. Blake, has it really been about a year and a half since you and I first met? Gosh, that's that's like semi-depressing to think about because that means it's been that long since we've tried to get our doors open. But yeah, it's it's probably been that long now. Well, I think in like true CBP fashion, everybody meets on the internet, but we got connected because I had a friend who knew I was planning CBP Connects Virginia. And he was like, you got to talk to this guy, Blake. At the time, you were in South Carolina. And we were looking for unique speakers and you bring together such unique perspective from your sports background but you are also planning to open a brewery here in chesapeake virginia yeah. so i guess before we dive in like what do you do in the world of beer i brew it and run stubbly brewing here in chesapeake virginia along with about 17 other hats i feel like wear at the brewery um just uh, trying to create an awesome experience here at Studley, basically. So we first spoke, like I mentioned, about a year and a half ago. And at that point in time, you did not have this beautiful facility we're sitting in. I think you were yeah. close to signing a lease, but you weren't quite there yet. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. About about then, um, that was, we just got, we were just getting our brand packaged together and identity that way. And we're looking at spaces and geez, that might've been not even the final space when we talked. It was one that I was hoping to get that I'm very glad didn't work out and that this one did. So it's interesting you mentioned your brand because you've won awards for your brand even before you launched. But like looking at the whole checklist you had to do before you got open, where did branding fall? What was else sort of the top of your list? You know, what were your things you really wanted to knock out in the early days? Yeah, I think our brand and our vision uh, and what we wanted the place to look and feel like um, was paramount because we wanted to get our website, social media platforms, our look and feel down. We could do that before even having a brick and mortar place. Um, and I knew coming from my you know, marketing background, I knew how important that was to have a strong, uh, strong brand identity and awareness and to really start uh, as soon as possible building that up. So by the time we got the doors open, everyone was already very well established with who we are, what we look like. Um, that part was huge. Um, and then second to that, especially during that time, and still a little bit now, uh, the world of supply chain and manufacturing and getting anything was extremely tough. So uh, starting contracts and getting manufacturing rolling on some of our larger equipment that I knew was going to take, you know, six plus months to actually get in the door. Um, that part was uh, was probably second, and then identifying the location and who could help with actually building this project out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not that skilled with a hammer. You know, so uh, try and find someone that could, that would pair well with trying to make that vision a reality too. So I want to go back to the branding and building the awareness sure. because we hinted at what you did before beer, but go into it for a minute. Like, what did you do before you opened a brewery? Yeah, so I worked in collegiate athletics and minor league baseball um, for 15 years. Um, it all started as an undergrad, uh, dancing around a chicken suit, um, uh, cocky the mascot for the University of South Carolina, and uh, really 
kind of that experience led to my passion of wanting to work in collegiate athletics and behind the scenes, uh, more so in the front office marketing fan experience, basically getting people to games and making sure they have a great time uh, while they're there. And that focused a lot on branding, uh, getting the message out, um, and then taking care of our fans with what we can control on game days. So Studley Brewing, you can kind of see it in the video right here. Okay, Talk to us more. about what the brand is. I mean, you have a baseball team brewery. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, at its core, it is a baseball theme brewery or brew pub. You know, we're serving artisan pizzas and salads, ballpark fare, as well as uh, craft brews, uh, all in a very uh, family-friendly uh, brewery atmosphere that uh, is, is very baseball themed. We, we took that theme and really ran with it. It's been a lot of fun. There's, you know, baseball is pretty universally liked. Um, it's uh, you know, kind of touching back into the, the, na the namesake of the whole place. The Studley Club was the self-given name my buddies and I growing up. We're kind of a ragtag group of dudes who grew up playing Little League Baseball together and um, uh, still live in the area together. Uh, and then with my background in sports and love of the sport, uh, baseball, and some great talent coming from the area. It just felt like a uh, pun intended home run. There going to be lots of sports puns today. There might be. So do you have a mascot yet? That is funny. We are actually in uh, the design phase of our mascot uh, for, for Studley. So I'm working with my stellar graphic designer on that. And with my mascot connections in the past, uh, have our uh, production team uh, based out of South Carolina on on standby waiting to make it a reality so very excited hopefully in the next couple months uh to have that roll out here in its in its entirety so mascots are such an integral part of any sport event yeah. that you go to how do you plan to incorporate a mascot into what you're doing here at Studley? it's a great question i mean it, it adds to the feel of coming to a game you know and being a part of the ballpark experience i feel just like um, you know, planning to, you know, have maybe t-shirt tosses during, during the, during You're going to bring a big here. old cannon and shoot that. We talked out. about that, but those puppies are, are really high powered. Probably blow some person's fade off. Maybe a off, light like, slingshot perhaps. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe like a, a, a light underhand throw, maybe appropriate with people who may be a couple pints in. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, using the mascot to interact with, uh, with fans here. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities from a marketing standpoint that having a physical mascot opens yourself up to being in front of for, for free. So different sporting events where, you know, they may have mascot nights, different uh, festivals, beer festivals, um, all types of different festivals or events around the area where you can portray your brand in a unique setting that also fits into who we are. And it's not just completely, you know, does the, the mascot wall. have a name yet that you're able to reveal? To keep it under wraps okay, we'll keep right it now. under wraps. Yeah. Okay, I cannot wait to see this mascot and yeah. see what you do with I'm it. I'm excited about it too. So, and, I, and I'm excited to put on a mascot too again. Again, it's maybe a little bit more personal. It could be a really <laughs> sentimental, important experience. Yeah, no, I love it. So, we talked about the branding. Now, you found the location in Chesapeake, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And I was actually in Chesapeake, Virginia the first five years of my life. I've lived here. I don't really remember it a lot. You're about 20 minutes from my house. So, we're essentially neighbors. Yeah. But a while back, it was kind of funny that I remember Chesapeake being named the third or fourth most boring city in America by some publication online. 
that's that's how did you yeah, you don't remember that I, I, now that you say that yeah it was like 2013 yeah. or 2014 it was just one of those silly clickbait type news articles oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that went around but it's always been kind of funny another thing that i remember like our city where i live in Norfolk, virginia was named like the best water in virginia at one point those little trivial pieces you just remember uh-huh. so how did you decide upon chesapeake and you know how are you making chesapeake a little less boring no, oh, that's great. Uh, great question. I mean, I, I grew up here in Chesapeake, you know, my formidable years, I'd say, here in Chesapeake, went to high school down the road. Um, it was a, it was a number of factors. I felt like I knew the area pretty well and knew what it had to offer um, and knew what it may have been lacking or could use some more of. Um, living around in cities like Winston-Salem, North Carolina, uh, the outskirts of Columbia, South Carolina, in the, in, in the city. And, be, have the opportunity to visit a lot of different places across the country with great local flair and excitement um, and local businesses. The amount of value I feel that those local businesses and restaurants and breweries add to a city um, really makes its character. Um, and I felt that Chesapeake could use more of that. I knew it had the potential and I knew it had its own character. Um, but I felt there could use some more, you know, local, you know, restaurant brewery uh, support. I felt it was in, in a world that people, you know, say is saturated, you know, by by breweries. I felt like there was uh, an open opportunity here um, to to really capitalize on. So looking at Chesapeake, like, you know, ballpark, about how many breweries do we have right now? What's the population of the area? It depends on. I guess where you want it so chesapeake as a whole and this kind of gets into how i kind of feel the brewery world is right now it's not oversaturated it's more hyper local more than anything um you know i we're, we're in chesapeake but we're in kind of this area of chesapeake great bridge hickory it's weird there's no counties here in you know this area so people always talk about counties that we don't have counties we have cities and all this stuff but if you're called a county i guess hickory great bridge Deep Creek, Western Branch, the part of Hampton Roads is is where we're uh, kind of focused in. And uh, if you look into that area, there's only really kind of two of us in the area. Expand out a little bit more, you'd say four of us um, in in the Chesapeake area. Um, I think roughly around that, depending on where you kind of establish Chesapeake. You know, with being one of, I think, still the maybe third, maybe fourth largest city in the state. Um, that that was surprising to me. You saw um, opportunity. Absolutely. I mean, that little for one of the largest uh, cities in the Commonwealth was was pretty surprising to me. Um, and I, I mean, I know folks in this area, just neighbors and everything too. I mean, they were just chomping at the bit for something more. Not not to say what was here was not fabulous and great, um, but people like change. Some people don't like change, but some people like variety. Um, and, uh, and and be able to add some variety to the area um, for someone that was thirsty for more of a place that they can call their own and not always have to travel to you know Norfolk or Virginia Beach um, to uh, to find that. I mean, it's nice to have that brewery within a few miles of your house. You can call your own. I mean, that's what we're all looking yeah. for. I'm guilty of not going outside my comfort zone sometimes. So it's really nice when I do it to explore. But once again, it's nice to have them in your own backyard. Absolutely. So looking at who you expected to come to your brewery like earlier, who were you marketing to? Who do you anticipate filling your tap room when you opened up? Yeah, so we kind of hit into uh, a few different demographics that we were really targeting hard. Um, young families uh, being one of them that was really high. Um, you know, uh, ball teams, 
you know, for kind of, you know, different postseason parties and things like that. There's another uh, that uh, father, son, mother, daughter type of uh, outing that you can have with a uh, kind of shared experience with. Um, those traveling from out of town uh, on a quick trip, maybe visiting friends, um, the place that, oh, we got to take so-and-so to, you know, to Studley, being top of mind for that um, when thinking of somewhere to kind of show off. Um, and I think those were the, the main ones in particular that we were targeting. So a lot of what you just said isn't what you typically think of when you think of, you know, who's going to fill a tap room. Yeah. Why did you think it was important to focus on those you know, types of people? Where we are located, um, right off a very busy interstate that has a lot of uh, traffic going to vacation, the Outer Banks, um, was was a big part of that that traveling group. Uh, also, you know, this is a big military area too, so there are a lot of uh, people that are relocated to this area uh, that are from across the country that have a lot of family and friends that are going to be visiting them because now they live in Chesapeake. Um, so knowing that there's going to be a lot of uh, transient folks coming through that way. Um, and then just where I felt a strong wheelhouse, being a young parent, I guess, not as young parent anymore, it feels, uh, having that, that experience of taking my kids to a restaurant and the struggles and stress that can go into that in order to find a place that I can sit back and relax knowing that they are relaxed is is hard to find. You get a small group when you you know want to take your kids out. So um, or small group of places that you think of when you want to bring your kids out where I thought, wow, it would be great to offer something to the number of families out there that are looking for just a comfortable place to take their, their kids. And then being a baseball, you know, themed brewery, I mean, it would it'd be stupid not to get involved with the local ball teams here in the area uh, and be a place that they feel they can they can call home to here, too. I know the first time I came here, I was sitting almost at this exact same table we are right now. There's a, literally a dedicated kids area six feet from where I'm yeah. at right now. And, you know, recently in CBP, there was a fun thread on kids and brewery, which is always a fun conversation oh, to yeah. have. But how has it gone so far? You know, having that kids area because we all like to have that place. Those of us with kids, who yeah. we can take them safely when they behave. Of course, we don't want to take our screaming kids <laughs> anywhere when they're not on the best behavior. Absolutely. Of course, especially to your breweries, everybody watching and listening. Yeah. But you know, how has it gone? Having literally, you have two little picnic tables for kids over there and a ton of toys. Yeah. How's it gone? I think it's gone extremely well, and not everyone's going to agree with me on that. Um, but I'll give you a couple of examples too. So we've had a couple, you know, couple of people that have come in and been like, you know, hey, we, we don't want to come into uh, a babysitting place, you know, a kid's playroom, you know, it's just not their field. I get that. That's cool. Maybe we're not the brewery for you. But on the flip side, I have had a number um, of either coming to my GM, my staff, myself, of, of uh, parents who have come in and said, thank you. Thank you for having a place that we feel comfortable coming to. They say they cannot tell you how many places they've been to where their kid is maybe loud or being a kid, you know, as, as they tend to be. And they get looks and they feel that when that happens, they're the ones that have to leave. 
uh, where here they feel that happens and someone has a problem with it, those folks can find somewhere else, I guess. You know, they, they feel like more of the majority of places they can relax, be comfortable. I mean, you know, that demographic deserves a beer as well, you know, um, from time to time. So that uh, being able to cater to that and being able to have a place that uh, the kids are excited to go to. There's a number of, of uh, folks that even said that they come out for just a, uh, an adult night and their kids find out that they went to Studley. They're like, WTF? <laughs> I want to get to Studley. Like, why are you going there? So I think that's very exciting to be a place that uh, – the decision makers of, of the household. Well, the kids are the decision makers, right? They're exactly. To come to stuff. Decision makers in that sense, the, uh, the the moms of that sense too, um, want to come there and so you know decide that like, hey, well, let's, let's do this stuff. I'm cool with it. Are there any rules you have posted, or how do you keep the kids from getting too unruly? Or... Sometimes that's a fine line, you know. Telling people how they need to parent their kids and everything is is not something you want to really get into. Uh, it, you know, in a tang- entanglement with, but uh, there's there's sometimes some tough nights where some kids you're just like, really, <laughs> um, and we'll have just nice conversations about it, and nine times out of ten it's addressed, and you know they uh, they give them to calm down. Or you can know, you something. give me an example of like, say my kids going crazy, throwing that helmet against the wall? Like, how do you yeah. and your staff, or how are you even training your staff to handle situations like that? Yeah, sometimes it's, uh, you know, we don't have like a, you know, we have that kid's corner, but sometimes the corner starts to expand out. And they start to take over different territories within the restaurant or brewery. And uh, and you just kind of have to corral them back in. And it's just having a conversation you know, with, the, even with the kid, like, hey, buddy, why don't you come back over this way a little bit, you know? And sometimes, a lot of times when we engage with the kid that way, in a nice, friendly manner, um, the parents acknowledge it and be like, oh, hey, let me, let me come here and take care of this and and i mean the parents have been great you know that the place becomes a, a war zone a little bit with toys all over the place but they you know they they deal with it at home too and realize like hey we'll we'll, we'll come help clean this up and make it back to a more manageable place and you know very rarely do we have to actually come up to the parent and be like hey it's getting a little little crazy can you help us out you know, a bit. I, mean, I, think, I think it really comes down to the fan experience you're trying to create. And I use the fan experience term intentionally because I think that you want people to be a fan of Studley and you sure. want the kids to be a fan of Studley. Yeah. If you know what to expect going into it, you're not going to be as upset, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I think very much so. So looking at this place, you talked about all the demographics that you marketed to. How are you reaching them before your doors even open? Um, I, I think one of the biggest, uh, biggest pieces we tried to just – build up was just our our digital presence um one from a social media standpoint and then also from an email marketing standpoint which was uh and you had the email marketing going before you even opened your doors yes yeah that was huge uh gathering collecting as many emails as possible um that voluntarily not from just buying lists but people who were interested in in learning more when we opened our doors i mean we had a strong push of of hey you know We'll keep you in the loop of when our doors, you know, open and people wanted to know. So that was an easy grab of just like, all right, we have, you know, their emails so we can keep them in the loop with that and then continue to keep them in the loop with things. Um, I think that and we can touch on that as much as you want. But the, the value of email marketing is so huge that people uh, are, are not taking advantage of because they relate it to um, 
the 52 emails they get from their favorite, uh, I don't know, apparel place that they're like, oh, this is too much. Um, a lot different than that. Um, but building that, building both of those type of, uh, I guess, foundations were important. So when we were ready to roll out with larger announcements and everything, it wasn't to an audience of 12 people. Um, and it's been, I mean, this, this is a latest development that um, I guess I'll have more to talk on here in the next few months. But uh, about six days ago, I woke up one morning to my entire Facebook account being hacked and taken over and losing both my personal account and access to my Facebook business account forever. So I am now having to start from scratch, both from my personal account and compete against myself in the Facebook world uh, to build up a, a brand new Facebook. Uh, Off air, I'll have yeah. to share a story on that okay. one because I, I was, had a similar experience. I would love, I'm all ears. Anyone else out there that's gone through this too, please help. Give me some advice because this is painful. Yeah, I so, feel you on that. Yeah, it was it was a huge gut punch in a time where I really did not need to deal with that. You know, um, we, you know, we have some bigger announcements and events coming up that just like, man, I just lost a third of my uh, digital advertising in, in, in over one night for well, no reason. Super scary when that happens, yeah. and it's crazy to think how ingrained we are in using social media in our daily lives for our daily tasks. So mm -hmm. I think that's part of it, but it is awesome. You still have that email list that you can rely yeah. on. Yeah, and we're gonna use we're gonna uh, use our other platforms to help bring awareness to hey, this happened, help support us again. So we have some stuff in the plans for that. But yeah, it's it's a yeah, have not planned for that one. That was a brand new one. To be that's a challenge yeah. there. So good luck. Well, we won't dive into that. Yeah, but, you know, know, that was, so go into email marketing real quick, like yeah. really quickly. When you send out an email to your audience, what are three things you want to include in that email? I want to hit on, well, more than more than anything, I want the reason for the emails going out is either to make them aware of different events or different announcements that we have coming up that I feel are important and can appeal to them coming in for another visit. But most importantly, I want it to be extremely easy to digest. And uh, there's a lot that people are dealing with, a lot of people that they're consuming and reading and taking in that they tend to lose interest a lot in something that's just, all right, you have a lot of things you want to say. You can send out a huge paragraph by paragraph. Way no of one's doing getting it. to the bottom. No one's getting to it. Nope. You know, people who do those long Facebook posts and stuff, and just like, here's what's going on in my life. And like, you get to the third paragraph and you're like, oh, yeah, too long didn't read. I'm done. Yeah, I'm sure this is important, but geez, uh, the Cliff Notes version of it. So really keeping that top of mind of delivering very easy type digest uh, engaging uh, content um, is is important when getting that email marketing across. And that is very streamlined that you can look at it and know you're looking at a stealthy brilliant email um, without having this like, who is this from? What is what's going on here? It's uh, very on brand. Yeah, I mean, that, that goes back to your branding, which keeps coming up over and over again. So yeah. look at the demographic you marketed to. Mm -hmm. Were they the same people who showed up when you opened? Uh, yes, uh, for the most part, you know, we're still diving into, we're just getting into the, the sports season and everything. So that's something new that we're starting to dive into. Um, a lot of the initial crowd, I think were uh, some craft beer enthusiasts, I guess would be one way to put it, um, that were um, the early adopters of the craft brewing world um, that were coming in. Um, and then 
I wasn't, I, I was pleasantly surprised. You know, I, I talked about young families and, and uh, the younger kind of generation, but we've had a, a, a wide range of ages coming through here that have been super supportive um, and very welcome too um, with their, uh, with their um, patronism here and, and just overall support of, of Studley. They've been some of my biggest uh, champions of the brand. Um, which uh, which we've really embraced. So as we've noted, a lot of people who come in here aren't what you typically think as craft beer drinkers sometimes. Yeah. So how has that impacted what you went into when your opening day lineup of your beers? And, you know, looking at your lineup, did you brew with certain styles of beers to attract that audience that you thought would be approachable? And what's been the best selling so far? Yes. Or the fan favorite, I should probably say. One overall, we wanted to, to brew very approachable beers. And when it gets down to styles, you know, styles at their simplest form we we weren't as big on getting like all right let's take this stout and then turn it into something completely off the wall You're gonna age it in baseball bats perhaps right stuff like that don't take my that's a really good that. idea yeah <laughs> um but uh but really getting down to the roots of, of of styles and uh and trying to deliver on on types that people really would hit i mean we had to have an ipa um one that was a little bit of a curveball, but I knew if I was only going to have a few of my beers available that they would really try. I feel um, it's really taken off is in our red ale. Um, I, I, I didn't feel that that was one that people really gravitated a ton towards, and I never heard too much feedback. I'm like, hey, our red kills, you know. Um, but what's the name? Uh, at the wall. So it's a it's a very crushable red ale um it's not very heavy by any means it's not uh you know bursting with huge flavors of caramel i mean it, it's very easy drinking red ale um one that you would crush basically and so you know you're going to be at the wall trying to catch it very kind of baseball serves so um that one was on there oh, gosh what else did we have everything runs together now we had a collaboration with uh, a barley wine which was kind of wild to have on there um, but that went over really well. And geez, I can't even remember the third one we had there now. We had another one. We wanted to have a blonde, but that I was, was here totally opening weekend up. that I don't remember what I tried. Yeah, that right. Weekend. It all runs together. But at least the red in the uh, in the long ball, uh, or not long ball, but uh, our crow hop IPA, um, and one more. Anyways, it was only a couple of them. More. I wanted to have more, but just I could have waited and opened yeah. a couple. You know, a few more weeks later and continue to bleed money or get the doors open and start trying to make some. Understood. And you've been open yeah. almost 100 days. So looking at all those beers you mentioned so far, what are the highlights? You know, which ones do you see your customers coming back and just craving? Is there that one or two that stand out? Yeah, it's it's been really interesting because while we've been open for that amount of days, I mean, you know, we've, we've really only brewed about 11 beers total, you know, and a couple of those have been repeats. Um, one being that the red ale, it's really gone over very well and people love it. Um, and I don't know if that's because they didn't know they liked red ales as much and had a chance to try one and really enjoyed it. Um, or it's just turned out really well. Um, I mean, I'll be the first to admit I'm, I'm learning this whole commercial brewing scene just as much as anyone else. So is it perfect every time? Uh, no, by all means, no. Um, I'm really going for drinkable. <laughs> so that's a really good point that I hadn't even planned to bring up. I mean, you were not in the beer industry prior to this. Yeah. You were a home brewer. Yeah, I home brewed. I had a huge passion for uh, for the process and 
really dove into studying as much as I could about it. Um, trained on a commercial system out in Colorado with a mentor of mine and, uh, uh, and really tried to, um, what's the best term, appreciate in the roots of craft brewing and, and know that there's a lot of people doing this that have a lot more experience than I do and do a hell of a lot better job than I do at it. Um, but still, there's a lot of people, too, and a lot of big names out there now that started somewhere. And I'm I'm starting somewhere with it um, and, and feel passionate that we're going to get there to where it's going to, you know, blow people out of the water. But you're here to create an overall experience. Yeah, it's I was going to touch on this a little bit later, but it's almost like just one part of the trifecta. I have a Venn diagram of this. I'd love Do to hear you? your okay. tell me your trifecta. All right. Well, it's this one is really focused, at least for us, on uh, the beer, the food, and the experience. Okay, um, and they all complement each other, but also uh, can help support the other when maybe the one of them is not as strong. Does that make sense? One hundred percent. So you know, while maybe a beer doesn't land where we want it to be, or people aren't loving it compared to others. Well, they are loving the pizza that we're delivering and the overall experience that is really happening here. So it's it's kind of, it's, it's not being pigeonholed. And what I like about having the food option here in house, which has been so strong is like, you open up a brewery and you don't make good beer, that's gonna be a huge problem, you know? Um, not to say that it's any less of a problem here, but I have a little bit more of a crutch where I can go back on to, hey, if we, we make awesome pizza. Well, the beer is good, too. Oh, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> I'm it. I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah. It, um, but, uh, but if it's not up to the standards that maybe you want, and maybe the pizza kind of falls off a little bit or something, you, you're, you're brought back up by the beer. But overarching is the experience of coming here. It's been really the the whole, I guess, mission of, of Studley is the experience of coming here. It is having good pizza, having good beer, but having it here at Studley. Um, and being in that mindset, like we talked about a little bit before, the first place people think of when people come from out of town or something like, oh, we got to take them to Studley. They're going to love it there. You know, something that they can't just package up and buy on the shelf, you know, like, oh, I'll get a stubby frozen pizza in the six pack. It's like maybe someday, though, maybe someday. But just kind of like I remember this. I remember uh, my dad, uh, we were growing up. He grew up in the Northeast and White Castle burgers were huge for him. And I guess when he found out that they came in little frozen packs, it's like, oh, we got You got to try White Castle. It's so awesome. And so we got a pack and we put them in the microwave and we ate them and they were good. But he's like, there's nothing. There's just nothing like having it there. There's nothing like having it there. And and I mean, sure, sure enough, you know, years down the road, have White Castle there. Nothing like having it there. And I I, I feel strongly about that uh, with Studley. That it, it's more than just the pizza tastes so good, the beer tastes so good because of the atmosphere that you're in and that you're providing everyone is is what really brings it out. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. So my little Venn diagram is you, you have to make really good beer. That's the top. And then you have that atmosphere, that experience that you're talking about. But then you have to have that engaging staff. 
And when you have it all come together, you get that wow experience yeah. that just blows people's minds. Yeah. So I guess a question for you is, you know, when you have people telling their friends, telling their out of town guests that we have to come to Studley, what do you hope their reason is why they're telling them to come there? Like if you had to summarize like a sentence, what they're going to pitch their friends on about Studley, what's that sentence going to say? I would say it's probably what I've been hearing the most of, which has been such music to my ears. It's just, it's just this warm feeling brewery. It's your, it's your hometown brewery. You know, it's, it's, it's home, uh, is, is what it really feels like. It's comfortable. It's relaxed. Um, it, I've had a number of people just walk in the doors and I'm maybe a little bit numb to it because I come in every single day and every single hour, but it just has this aura to it of just feeling comfortable, warm. Warm is the biggest word that I've been hearing. Um, that they just feel relaxed and chill here, maybe compared to other experiences they're having. So that that's been uh, that's been big. It's it just our our staff has gone above and beyond. Um, it's it's a little bit different here, maybe compared to some other. Uh, breweries and there's table service so you know that was one was that little... something you had always planned for yeah um it was i i just i i like the sense of being able to come and sit down enjoy yourself knowing you have someone who can come and get uh, your kind of like sitting you know, related back to baseball or back to sporting event the vip seats the ones closest to home most comfortable you have uh, a concessionaire dedicated to y'all that come, comes to you. You don't have to worry about being in the lines for your hot dog. You don't have to worry about being in the lines for your beers. It's like, oh, I need one. Let me get that person to come. Like that is premium kind of experience. So kind of relating that back to kind of premium experience within the brewery. Um, that's what I kind of related it to instead of having to do everything yourself. And when I came here that first day, I mean, it was really early on, but you had so much staff, they just kept touching my table. They kept touching my yeah. table. And it wasn't always the same person, which I found interesting. That's been another uh, interesting thing to kind of get past in, in, in customers' minds um, that we're really trying to focus on right now because our uh, you know, restaurants, servers tend to have sections and they work within their section. Um, here, they have a section, they have a home base kind of, but everyone helps everyone out. So just like you experienced, which I love to hear it happen, you'll you'll see four or five different faces helping you out. What tends to happen is kind of going against us. People aren't used to that. They're used to having uh, Andrew. You're he's, you're our server, so I'm going to get everything through Andrew because that's my server. So they'll sit there with an empty glass, get touched four times with their empty glass, being asked, "You need anything?" And each no, 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 fine. Until Andrew comes back around, and it's like, "Hey, Andrew, I need a beer." And then their minds are like, oh, it's been forever because I haven't found Andrew. It's like, no, no, no. So we've been, that, that's been one of our welcoming tables. Just like, hey, my name's, my name's Andrew. I'm here to, you know, take care of you. But I have Gabe, Blake, Dawn over here. We're all in this together as a team. So whatever you need, find any of us. We'll take care of you kind of thing. And that really maximized my experience too. Because yeah. I got to know your staff. They were all there to teach me. And I could order stuff quickly. It was, yeah. it was fantastic. We don't, I was talking about this a little bit earlier there. Someone was asking about table turns and how important that is to you and kind of like get people out of there. It's like, we, it's different depending on the night, I guess. So like for right now, we have like a, a music bingo on Mondays, which is one of our slower nights. People are going to sit there and they're going to play. They're not going to turn as, as much as, you know, say on a, you know, there's not going to be people flooding in the door. So they can sit there for two hours, not taking, you know, taking up a table is great. It would 
be empty if you if you left. So not as big of a deal. Friday, Saturday night, what we're trying to minimize is any sort of lag time that would be created by our staff. What I mean that is like, hey, you have dirty plates in front of you, let's get them out of the way. You have a beer that needs to be refilled, let's refill it or let's say, hey, no, you know what, I'm good. Um, and then when they need to pay, which is one of the second most friction points of, of a person's experience, partially the uh, second to coming in and actually being greeted, um, is uh, we do that right at the table. It's when, you know, handhelds, boom, 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 take the pay. You're not waiting to get a check, take it back up. It all happens all at once. Um, and it's just all taken care of. So we don't want to get you in and out per se, but just make sure that you are subliminally taken care of quickly um, to the part where you feel satisfied, you've had a good experience and you can leave when you, when you feel comfortable, not because you're waiting on one of us to check you out or, or be done with your no, that makes that sense. makes sense it does okay. i know i want to talk about your staff for a minute because sure. i mean you've been open like we mentioned about 100 days now uh -huh. and when you had your grand opening no one had worked at studly before it was everybody's first day on the field so to speak and yeah. so how did you prepare your staff for that and how did you get them behind your whole mission for everything you've explained so far yeah it's it's a lot of leading by example which i know is is maybe a played out phrase but it, it, it's one it's one thing to say it and one thing to do it um coming from college athletics you, you wear a lot of different hats and you have to do a lot from you know doing the marketing to maybe pulling tarp on rain delays to selling hot dogs selling tickets like you do a lot of different jobs even though my job is a marketing guy um so it's it's knowing that I, i'm not afraid to do anything that they're doing and when there's something that needs like if there's a table that needs to be greeted i'll go over there and greet it or we'll run food, we'll clean up, you know, a spill in the bathroom or something like showing that like, hey, I'm not this overarching person above you and you do my bidding and, you know, I'm your boss and that's it. Um, there is so much respect yet gained from having that mentality and doing it that way. Um, but also, I I have to be yes, Dudley, <laughs> woo, for them to be like, yeah, Dudley, you know, for it to trickle, the, the more people it goes down, the smaller it gets in that sense. Um, so that's kind of the energy that I have. I mean, I have just this natural passion. I mean, I got everything on the line with this. You know, I got a family to take care of and everything. So there, I have, there's no other option. I'm still, it's the best exhaustion I ever had in my life. And I'm loving every second of it. Um, but I have to show that energy and that passion for it. And it kind of naturally comes out that they want to take that in and leave from it. Um, and uh you know there's there's people are people you know whether they're a server a bartender a cook a dishwasher they're all people just like me and you so you treat them like people you know um it may be your employees but there's you know so much more respect you get from just treating them like that letting them have a voice you know is huge you know with dawn and i dawn my gm um we had protocols and ways we thought things would flow and, and not flow, but we were very clear from the beginning, like, hey, we're gonna open the doors. And then after this first shift, we're all gonna sit down with a pint and we're gonna talk over things and what worked, what did not you work. You and Don or the yeah. entire team? Well, uh, no, no uh, we let it, but then the entire team that were on the floor that were in the trenches, like, all right, tell us what what happened. You know, what where did you feel that there was an issue? Um, and then stuff that we saw during the shift, we'd be like, hey, what was up with this and how did this flow? Um, and our kitchen staff has been great about that too. I've given them, you know, the free, free reins to be like, all right, 
mold this system. We, we had a process down when it's like, all right, there's obvious hiccups to the, to the flow. How do you feel it should go? You're the ones doing it. Let's keep strong to our product. I don't want to, I don't want to mess away from, you know, fear from that, but if there's a better way to do it, then yeah, let's do it. And don't be stuck in like, all right, I said it needs to be this way. It's going to be this way. Are there any suggestions you remember your staff gave you in those early days that you implemented? Um, I think it, the, it was nice because everyone felt comfortable with each other, um, that they could have construction, constructive criticism amongst themselves where it became more of a talk with the team and your, and your colleagues uh, that uh, like, hey, I know you were doing this, but like, I needed help over here. Um, can you, can we do a better job of just like, I know you want to talk to the tables and have a good time there, but I was, I was in there eight tables deep because you were here with this one table like that. And, and it's been very respectful and, uh, supportive and constructive enough where it's it's nipped in the bud right there one thing i mean i worked over at a, a steakhouse down the road here uh in the restaurant doing serving and bartending i do love this when i met you you told yeah. me you were working part-time there just to get the hospitality experience yeah um because i was lacking a lot with just the specific restaurant piece i mean one thing that i noticed and this is big in the industry but like drama is such a big part with staff and a big part of it was that just stuff festered it was never addressed. Like even management may know about some of this, but it's like, hey, you gotta nip this in the bud before it becomes this giant thing. Um, so that the the open communication, open door policy of being able to like, hey, if there's an issue, let's talk about it. Or like, hey, there's an attitude here that we need to talk about that like, this is not studly. This is not how we talk to our guests. It's not how we address certain situations. And, and people under, you know, our staff, we've been lucky, knock on wood, have not had any issues with people, you know, taking in that type of uh, change in criticism and things, which has been really nice. So you've had the meetings when you started. Are you still having regular team meetings? Yeah, we'll we'll do, um, you know, we'll lead shifts off um, majority of the time, especially with getting everyone on the same page of just like what are changes, what are new beers, new food, new events that we're bringing on, um, what we need to push, what we need to sell. If people are asking for recommendations on a beer and maybe there's a beer that like we need to move it's like hey i know you have your favorite but like let's push this one kind of thing everyone get in the same mindset um one thing that's important though is just because you do that for the thursday shift doesn't mean the friday shift and the saturday shift and the sunday shift know that so you got to be re repeating 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 until your entire crew knows what's up um but over communicating yeah it's been huge so we, we try to be on top of that as much as possible. It's not like those team meetings do a great job of bringing your staff together, get to yeah. know one another, get, get empower them, get that openness so they're willing and feel comfortable giving you feedback. Yeah, and I, you know, we, we do a, a, a shift beer at the end of, of uh, shifts, and that time a lot is, is, is that every day, good for most days. Yeah, wow. If they want it or not, you know, um, some people don't, but it's 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 there if they want it, and uh, that's been a really good time. I found to to be open with staff and talking that there's anything going on. Um, that debrief is important. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, they've, they've been doing all this and they get to sit down for a second. I'll, you know, pour it for them and, you know, they enjoy it that way. Um, over, uh, uh, over always, you know, running around doing it for others. So it's, it's been nice. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about the back of house experience because sure. you have pizza, <laughs> which is fantastic. And so often when breweries add in, you know, a kitchen, which you started with the kitchen, yeah, it feels like you're running two businesses. First question, do you feel like you're running two businesses? 
Yes, yes and no, which I know is not a clear answer. Um, well, they explain yourself, Blake. They, they very much complement each other and go back and forth with each other, I guess. So it's it's nice to, I guess, in, in, in the competitive nature in the, in the area around here, um, I think there's an opportunity to be a world-class pizza place. And I don't think any, anyone has really set themselves apart as the leader in that. So I think there's an opportunity to do that. And there's another, and on the flip side, there's another, uh, there's an opportunity to, to be a, a great brewery in the area. Um, and so there's a great brewery where you can have consistent in-house food in, and then there's a pizzeria where you can have a craft beer, uh, you know, unique craft beer experience instead of walking away with a two liter of Pepsi or Coke as your beverage. Um, so those two pieces kind of inter- intertwining with each other has been really nice. Um, but when it gets down to it, I guess, yes, it is completely separate because how a brewery runs and how a kitchen runs um, are, are can be can be very different from, I mean, yes, you're ordering ingredients and, and creating and manufacturing a product, I guess you'd say. Um, but just the ins and outs of, of the health department and pieces like that versus dealing with the Department of Agriculture, which is you're not doing food here in at least Virginia. You go through the Department of Ag where I had to go through everything with uh, with the uh, health department. So it was completely, you know, different How was experience. That experience? Like that. Um, very intense. Yeah. I mean, that that played a lot into, I'm going to say, the delay or longer time frame than I thought it would take to open this place. There's just a lot more um, important hoops, you know, like can't get people sick hoops that you need to take into consideration. But um, being able to be uh, knowledgeable and understand all the intricacies that go into serving food to people is a lot. Um, And you hadn't done this before. No. Yeah. yeah. And and to be able to kind of lead and head a kitchen and hire kitchen staff. I mean, that was that was intense. But working with a product as simple as pizza, um, you know, we I'm very strong and just like we have a pizza oven, you know, we're doing everything that we cook is through there. You know, we have salads that we do um, and, and hot dogs like, you know, on, on rollers. I mean, you got to do simple. a hot dog, right? But yeah, I mean, it's, it's no brainer, but it's very simple food, but you you can't discredit it because the, I, like I went to the, the International Pizza Expo in Vegas to learn more. Just I was told like, hey, you got to do this if you're doing pizza. And they did it and holy cow, like pizza is such an art and such a whole world in itself that I found myself nerding out on pizza yeah. just as much as I did beer. And it was great. And I think that part's been fun about, you know, getting to nerd out in two different areas and create something in two different ways, whether it be, you know, liquid or, or, or food, you know, it's been, it's been really interesting in, in that way. So I, I enjoy both of them just because it's very unique um, to be fun and different and creative with it, but also at the, at the root, create something good. How many items are in your menu? Uh, geez, we keep on adding. We started with four pizzas. We're up to six now. Um, and then from from there, so six pizzas, two salads right now. Probably add another so six, seven, eight, nine. Eleven, fourteen items. Fourteen That's items. That's not too much. No, and it's a lot of um, similar ingredients, I imagine, for nearly everything. Yeah, and I mean that goes into your cost. Know, breaking down the cost of everything and make sure you're not ordering you know 20 pounds of 
one ingredient just for one pizza that you may take you a month to get through. So it's it's being creative with the, everything that you have on there to kind of create something new, which has been which has been fun. Do you have a separate staff for your front of house and the back of house? Um, yeah, yeah, we'll have so our server bartender. It's like a it's like a dual job. So servers can be servers one night, bartenders can or servers can be servers then bartenders another night, vice versa. Um, to interchange from a labor standpoint, make it easy in case someone calls out. Uh, but yeah, back of house, you know, our separate cooks. We run a really small crew. Um, it's only uh, three people in back of house, two pizza folks, and then our dish person is actually our salad person too. So um, kind of tackle two birds with one stone there. But, Do you have like a kitchen manager, or is it? No, it's it's um, you know between myself and my GM. You know, we'll go back and forth, but it it's so simple i guess that it's not overwhelming to need at least at this point in the game to warrant a separate back of house manager per se so blake how big is your place i mean everyone obviously can't see the entire tap room but what's the square footage of the entire facility yeah well, it's it's uh roughly about 3600 square feet um we're taking up uh two units in this in this uh, strip mall area here um we have seating for a little over 100 inside and about 30 outside um capacity inside is about 140 and change um so you know we while we could expand a few more seats you know it starts to get a little bit crowded you know possibly that it's been kind of interesting I, I backed off of it but we had the unit next to us become available and uh we've had a lot of you know private event uh requests and stuff it's right now but i i went very far to almost Stay sign tuned, everybody yeah but it was like it, we were two months in yeah like you know we're still getting this place up and running like here felt that was a little bit too much to bite off but i think if the opportunity presents itself down the road we'll expand there i've always looked at this as kind of a forever location um plan for the second location to be um or i guess second phase of studly to be a second location there's a few spots near my house. That'd be great for this. Yeah, right? I, I would visit quite regularly. I'd love to have it connected to a ball field of some sort. Oh, that'd be a good idea. Right? So, you know, going kind of into the design aspect a little bit, you know, when you first had this vision, this place was an empty room. You did a lot of work. How do you feel about the design of both front of house, back of house, the flow? Are you satisfied with how it came out? Any changes you would slash can make or would slash wish you did? Um good question one of the reasons we fell in love with this location in particular is because it had a lot of good bones with it so a lot of the build out costs um we already had we inherited you know the bar was already built um the uh we had a huge you know 20 foot hood system in there you know some big caught floor drains in, in different areas were already in we, we did you know had to do minimal you know digging up of the of the uh floor um walking cool you know some of those big ticket items are there are so here. it's so it's you know it's we've made it work for for our you know uh for our layout without completely gutting the place if i gutted it and redid it yeah i probably would have made some changes and it would have been great to have a direct draw system with our uh with our kegs instead of worrying about you know a, a 35 foot long draw you know um that part's kind of annoying um but it's it, we've made it work um and as far as the aesthetics of the place that's something we're very proud of um you know really incorporating to all the smallest minute pieces of uh, the the baseball theme and feel of studley um something i really took from uh, a 
few books I've read, you know, through Disney and everything, which has been huge. Give a recommendation of a book right now. Anything that anyone listening needs to read? Um, I would say, uh, well, going on that Disney vibe, there's one book, uh, Creating Magic. can't remember the author, but it's from a former Disney employee there. Um, but it really touches on how you create, you have experiences and you, and you really amplify those to the best of their abilities in every single aspect of, uh, of the experience with your customers um, is, is one that uh, we were kind of like, it was mandatory for us to read when I was at uh, Wake Forest University and so glad we did it because um, it really gave you a better mindset of what a customer goes through and how you can make it that sensational experience so i'm gonna have to read that big book first first off and creating experience is something i love now you have so many cool little baseball touches in here have you found that there's that one that your fans are just taking pictures in front of or posting on social media yeah i know you can't see right now but there's a giant freaking well turn it around real quick so yeah so this (laughs) this was kind of like a what what is uh what does bob ross call happy accident or happy accident i believe yeah um so our plumber um, collects a bunch of stuff, and he's like, yeah, I bought at auction these uh, giant Christmas fiberglass Christmas ornaments from the city of Portsmouth, and I've had them for years. It's, this business is called Planet Plumbing, so he was planning to turn one into a giant planet. Never happened. And he's like, yeah, yeah you could use one to paint a baseball or something. And so we're like, yeah, sure. So we we bought one we cut it in half and then i had this great mural artist who did what was it like cutting it in half uh messy and sharp and dangerous fiberglass uh cutting fiberglass is not the the best were you wearing any cool goggles in your face uh about three seconds in we stopped and said hey we should probably put some more stuff on instead of squinting um (laughs) (laughs) so uh so we yeah we we cut it up and and mounted up there and then painted into a baseball and it's really been one of the largest focal point of the place it's very instagrammable very instagrammable which i was excited about um but uh it was one that we we didn't plan but it just kind of fell in our lap I guess. A happy accident happy accident that that's a good one so one thing you talked about earlier in your demographic that you were trying to attract is yeah. like a ball club you wanted baseball teams to come celebrate here mm-hmm. talk to me about the value of community partnerships in your space yeah it's something we're just starting to kind of dip our toes in why is it important to you um i mean like we talked about being uh hyper local um, you know, supporting that community. Um, I felt it's just been one of those things that comes with being a brewery. It just seems to go kind of hand in hand of, of supporting, uh, supporting the community, supporting those around you. Um, and, uh, it, you know, giving back, uh, is, is, is a huge part to those that play such a you know big role in supporting your business as, as a small business, whether it be a brewery or anywhere else. Um, so we, we've just started to be able to kind of like, I guess, be able to have some funds to be able to do some of that. Some of that was it was like, hey, I'd love to right now, but like, I got to get the doors open, and uh, we, we got to make sure we do that. Now we've gotten to a part where we're starting to be able to explore those partnerships um, and uh, and find ways that we can really tie into uh, helping the community. But at the same time, we're making it make sense with our brand. Um, so it, it, one like. The, the ball clubs, youth sports here in the area is, is a big one for us that falls hand in hand with what we're doing. Um, like we talked about relating with families and everything. Um, there's there's one partnership that we haven't really like really gotten off the ground yet, but um, 
one with uh, a, a group up in Richmond, uh, Lasers Ladybugs, um, that we're excited to, to really dive into a partnership with. But they focus on providing uh, mental health um, uh, awareness and uh, help for uh, elementary school age kids, you know, kind of at the root there, which you know, we're all about families and kids here made made a lot of sense to, to really uh, dive into. And their founder used to work with uh, Virginia Tech Athletics. Um, so there was that kind of uh, athletics tie in there just felt right. So it was some of those that, you know, make sense with our brand that we want to support. Of course, we want to support as many as we can, but you know, it has to make sense. It right. has to make sense. And, you know, you can't do a thousand and, you know, give a dollar or something. Or if we do want to give a thousand, that's something that we feel would be more uh, impactful. Not to say that all of our, our partnerships are money based um, per se, uh, but other ways that we can help out, you know, being who we are and how we can help support that community group. No, I like that. No, no, Blake, I mean, you also have a family. So, I mean, I imagine your wife looked at you pretty funny when you told her you were ready to open a brewery. I'm sure that was a fun conversation to have. My wife is one of the most risk-averse people on the face of the planet. And I have, I still to this day, and she, she says still to this day, she has no idea how she agreed to this, um, but uh, is has really been, uh, such a huge support and my biggest cheerleader through all this and uh, someone that has, has wanted to be a part of it and wanted to help support in, in any way that she, she's like, I don't know anything about running a brewery or anything. So let me know how I can help. But I mean, just the, I mean, anything down just the emotional support and everything that goes into this and, and being a sounding board. Um, and, you know, we have a, a, uh, right now about to be three and a five-year-old um uh at home too so uh being there for them and helping support them i mean you're, you're a family guy too you know uh how tough it can be spending so many hours here and uh and worried about missing those little opportunities and stuff and and uh milestones as they grow up um so there there is a there is a very tough tough line that can be uh, drawn between those two. We have a great um, standing Thursday family dinner night uh, here at Studley. So, you know, every Thursday, um, they the whole we sit down and, and have dinner together here at Studley, which is which is really awesome, especially if things are crazy and everything. So, we we make it happen, and I I have a great support staff here that uh, is very supportive and are very like, hey, go be with them. You know, take some time. You know, we got this. And I've really been able to, like, let the reins go. And that's bit. hard to delegate in, for, especially your baby. This is your new yeah. business. Yeah. You're three months old. And you're giving them yeah. the ability to run the place. Yeah. Well, you're trusting them. That's important. That's been huge, um, especially for my for my mental mental state and everything, too. And I, I really pushed you a lot out there to be able to trust, trust in your people. You brought them on for a reason. Um not to say you just go completely off hands, but no, make some time for yourself, um, you know, for time with your family. I mean, it's, it, it does wonders. So we get that time, uh, you know, Sundays is kind of my off day here right now. So I'll spend, you know, spend the entire day with them and, um, and make time. We, we make it work. We make it work. So when your kids go to school and the teacher asks what their dad does, what do you think they say? Oh, they're, they're very, they, they say he works, he works at Studley. My my little <laughs> three year old or about to be three, he's like, where's this Dudley? Uh, but he's he's cute. I mean, uh, and my my daughter's the same way. Just like uh, he he works the brewery. 
so they're they're very open with it um and uh and, and are proud of it i, I like it uh my uh my son will walk around and uh i'll often have like a dish towel in my back pocket you know to carry out things or whatever wipe things down so he'll get there and he'll grab my towel and put it in his back pocket and then he'll we have like a little toy pizza set in the kids area he'll go around and serve random people pizzas at the tables <laughs> and everything like he's your mascot yeah right so it's uh it it's also interesting too i i wonder as a dad right now starting this out I wonder what down the road will look like and what they will say their childhood was like um, and, uh, and, and, and what dad does and what they support and how, how um, involved they want to be with the business. Um, of course, I'll support them either way of what they want to, you know, run steadily or not. But it, it just, I, I thought about that kind of recently. I was like, gosh, I, I hope I'm doing this right. You know, what's you your know? legacy going to be? Where do they play in? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting next few years that, that go by. I hear pretty quickly with little ones. Oh, with kids and running a business, it will go by very quickly. Yeah. Now let's go into rapid fire round right now. We're an extra in the inning, so to speak, right? Okay. Like, so, is there anything that's gone totally wrong since you've opened? Uh, that's gone totally wrong. I would say I wrote something down from this because you did give me a. Well, and if not, you know, congratulations. <laughs> no, 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 no. There was. Totally there was. I had a good answer for this. Um. No, oh, yeah. Um, how how many different directions I would actually get pulled in, and is it more or less? More. You didn't expect that. I expected some. Like I expected. Some, well, it's just there's so much of your time in being in a brewery. I mean, if if you're doing it all yourself, you know, I don't have uh, a head brewer or anything like that. So. Um, you know, I'm wearing a lot of hats right now. Maybe that'll change in the future. Maybe not. You know, we'll see what the. Are you outsourcing are. some aspects of the business at all? Whether it's finance, marketing. Yeah, we're uh, our accounting, which has been a godsend. I mean, uh, shout them out. Your CPA, what up? The mic works are awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, and then uh, the uh, John uh, John Smanskowitz, uh with the uh, attorney. Um, Beer Law Center. Beer Law Center has been has been a uh, phenomenal person to talk to. We've had some great uh, engaging conversations. So some of those things where I know I'm not the person to do it, um, I've, I've outsourced. Um, Can't be the MVP about everything. I know, right? Um, but uh, the amount of hats and like, for example, spent an hour and a half this morning talking to uh, the credit card uh, processing, you know, compliance stuff, Fun. you know? Where I was like, I didn't expect to talk about that at all today. Um, so that took away from tanks I got to clean. You know what I mean? So it's it's always kind of something like that. There's not that I've been in college athletics relating the two. There's always curveballs. There's always something that happens or comes up. So it's it's adjusting, adapting to that. But um, uh, not that I didn't have pride doing what I did in college athletics. But when it's all my own in, you know, my baby, like you're saying, you want to you want to go above and beyond for everything. So um, just realizing how these little things add up to every little thing adds up, adds up to something. 100%. Um, so people are like, so what you do today? It's like, well, shoot, I don't know if I did really anything. <laughs> but, but the I day did, ended I did, somehow. Yeah, I, was yeah. Like, I don't know really what I accomplished today besides put out fires, I guess. I mean, those days are interesting because there's some days you tackle one big project and the day goes by and you feel really accomplished and there's other days you touch on 
15 different projects and the days gone by, but you don't feel like you did a lot, yeah. but you helped out in so many different little yeah, aspects. Yeah, chipped of the away at all these little things, but yeah. And you got to rely on, I mean, that was a big part of the build out too. Um, that uh, another thing that I didn't expect that I don't want to say went completely wrong, but I, I did not um, anticipate being such an ordeal. But I mean, the whole process from the permitting to the build out to uh, all the different uh, licenses, all, just everything that goes into getting the doors open, how many people you have to check with. Um, and you're not priority number one with all those different people. So you're on their schedule for so many different things. And, uh, and sometimes you'll, you'll get to that person and they'll be like, Oh, you missed this. So come back to me when you fix that. And it's like, you started all over again. So I guess factory that, that was a big, you know, people are like, what, why did it take you so long? And I was like, bro, you have no idea. So looking at how long it thought you it would take to get open versus reality when you got open, talk to me about comparisons there. I mean, we're talking a good 12 months extra, you know, um, it, it was it was wild just how time flies when you're not having fun <laughs> <laughs> so did that surprise you how long it took or what surprised you about everything that's happened thus far to this day yeah i mean that part surprised me that was one of those kind of things i don't want to say like you said kind of completely got wrong but you know being new and being 100 days in that's still fresh on my brain about how everything came into play um but uh that part um <laughs> maybe how impatient some folks were i mean um they're, they're excited they yeah. want they're excited to see studley but it, it almost felt like they're like came in here like shit we've been waiting for you to open and i'd be like yeah me too <laughs> so uh it was great that we, we finally got to laugh and have a good time at, over a pint about it and, and talk about it uh being open so something you got totally wrong that's something surprised you a little bit yeah uh and, and then i guess something that uh went really right yeah what went really right that you I, were like yes i nailed it what did you throw your hands up in the air and just get loud like you did a couple minutes ago you know i i think the biggest thing was just how right it was to bring this opportunity here to chesapeake and how overall supportive the community has been the people here in this area um that that part i was hoping was the case but you know we weren't really going to know until we got we got in here and opened the doors, but man, the amount of people that are like, that have talked to me and just been like, gosh, I want you to succeed. You know, I want this to be it. I wanted this to be, this, this unit in particular has not had the best of luck with tenants. So, you know, they're like, man, we just want this to be the place, you know? Um, and that, that's exciting. Complete strangers, you know, people I, I don't know you. from Adam. Yeah. yeah. Besides them just being neighbors. Um, are are really rooting for this to go well and um they all have ideas and i love them for it they have great ideas and some stuff we've used um but at the root of it i just know that it's all coming from a good place and that they are they feel almost bought in and you know not they're not investors they're just people that are just bought in and own they 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 feel uh a part of studly and that that part has been uh, the, the, the rewards of, of that feeling and, and knowing that, Hey, we're, we're doing something right. I think that we're on the right path here and that we took it at a pace that we're making sure we're doing it the right way. Um, to the best of our abilities, I think it's been really, uh, really impactful. Um, and love, 
love those uh, Chesapeake folks out there, surrounding area. Y'all have been awesome. Thank you so much. Keep coming to visit Studley. Yeah. Now, looking at, you know, you talked about how great it feels to have your community backing you. That's amazing. But, yeah. like, for you, what does success look like when you can look at this place, just have a pint in your hand, sit in the back corner of the dugout and say, I've been successful. What does that look like? I think more so instead of sitting back and looking at it with a pint, it's I one of my favorite things to do here when we're when we're open is to go around and talk to all the people and and say, Hey, how's everything going? So thank you so much for coming in. Just having having all of those conversations be so warm and so like just happy um, and just relaxed. I think have been uh, has been a real big kind of benchmark for me that like, hey, this this vibe, this feeling in here just feels right. You know, I'm a big measurement numbers like let's measure it somehow. But for this, what I'm talking about right now, it just it just feels right. Um, and, it, and it's hard to explain without experiencing it and coming in here and having that type of experience, I think, is um, is, is what I feel like, hey, this this is good. I like that. It makes you feel good. Yeah, it makes yeah. So I'm going to ask you a final question now that I thought I would start with, but we'll end with it now. Oh, gosh. You know, sporting events you hear, I don't know if they're still called like the jock jams or like, you know, the sporting events songs that yeah. really get you pumped. Yeah. If one of those songs was like the mantra for your past three months, oh, gosh. what one of those songs, which one would it be? Oh, man, that's tough. Like, if you had to walk in every day and hear the same song over again, that got you <laughs> pumped. A weird version of Groundhog's Day there. Oh, I can't say the song that would be like that. It's a little too raunchy. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Out of all of them. Man, you really put me on the spot. I did. With this. It was a question that wasn't on the outline there. That I, no, that's fine. But as a sports but I fan, take, but I'm taking this really personally because, like, I played the music at different at. Uh, at so you want to make events. sure you pick the right song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like you're gonna know. pick the Macarena. Is that gonna be the one you're gonna pick? The Macarena does hold a special place in my heart because I was a kid when it first started coming out and thought I was the coolest person in the world dancing to the Macarena. Um, Maybe a Who Let the Dogs Out, perhaps. Who Let the Dogs Out is also mm -hmm. a fun one because the back and forth. Oh, I hate to I hate to say this one. Um, this is gonna kill me a little bit because I'm such a Yankees fan. And fellow Yankees fans will probably uh, grimace at me saying this, but a, a little bit of that Neil Diamond, Sweet Caroline kind of thing. And I think it's because of the camaraderie that the song brings when you come in. Um, there's probably a billion other camaraderie songs I could have picked, but that was one of the first ones that popped in my head. Um, so may, I'll go with Sweet Caroline. Gosh, my wife's going to love this one she's a huge red well, hopefully fan. she won't make it to the end but you <laughs> yeah, know right that's that's a fun one you know it's a song that definitely makes you think of that sports experience and it's not yeah like you get to the end you hear everybody singing it everybody's in this together or do it stop believing i wish i had it on cue right now so i guess you know looking at the past three months of opening yeah. and your, your journey to get here what's one piece of advice you have to give for 
anyone, whether they're in the journey that you were in a year ago yeah. or whether they're going through it right now, what's one piece of advice that you would give to them besides don't stop believing? Well, going off of that mantra, if, if you have, um, if you have that passion, um, and that drive and, and the vision that you're going after, um, don't, don't let the naysayers or those who may be afraid to do the risk that you're about to do. Don't let them knock you down so much to thinking that you cannot or should not do it. You know, if your heart of hearts and soul saying like, Hey, this is, this is what I want to do. I mean, this is, I, I guess maybe talking to those who may be thinking about this um, and everything. Um, but even now as a business and, and running it the way that you want to run it, but we built our brand and we built our, our vision off of, off of that feeling um, that I had. So staying true and strong to that and don't let the outside voices come and cloud that because uh, they don't agree or, or don't see it, I guess, how you see it really following through. That, that part has been, uh, I, I'm so thankful that, you know, that God willing, this has all worked out. It's so funny, just all the different little nuances and things that the moon's aligned, I feel, could have gone a different way, maybe so, but I mean, even getting introduced to you, um, you know, your introduction to the main vest thing, shout out main vest, pretty awesome if you're looking to raise money. But even that little instance, I mean, I was in a dark place right then, and that that was kind of a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel that helped out. To watch how quickly you raised money on that platform was pretty impressive. Not it was a cool. lot. You had a lot of people come behind you. It was it was very very. I mean, it it helped uh, reassure that this was this this was going down the right path. I think Chesapeake needed you. Yeah, it was fun, and I needed them uh, more than they think. Um, this has been uh, such a rewarding experience. And the great part is, um, and I think this is what gets me so amped up the most too, is like, I know we're just getting started and like, this is just the beginning. Like we, we haven't even unloaded everything yet. Uh, just everything we have in, you know, I, having that minor league baseball mentality, that fun entertainment type of, you know, I know a lot of the hot team right now, the Savannah bananas kind of thing of, you know, having that fun off the wall, creative, entertaining experience is, is something we're really going to play off here in the in the next couple of years. That that now that we're established, kind of a foundation, I'm I'm excited to to really throw out there. Well, it's been amazing following your journey so yeah. far. I'm so proud of where you are today. Three months in, can't wait to do this again soon. Well, yeah. Blake, congratulations. We have empty pints right now. I, I would give so, you a little cheers, little but cheers, yeah. thanks for hanging out today. Yeah, thanks. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening and being an important part of our community. Please hit the subscribe button to stay on top of more sessions that can help you grow as a craft beer professional. And join us for more conversations in our community on Facebook. We appreciate you. Cheers.